Welcome to Pace Moments. Here, our experts and guests discuss many aspects of corporate finance and analytical models that will help make better, more informed business decisions possible in your organization. I'm Doug Hicks, one of the directors of Pace. In this edition of Pace Moments, I'm going to talk about a problem I refer to as the Scheherazade syndrome. While driving home the other night, I was listening to Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov's symphonic suite Scheherazade on the car radio. As I drove on, I recalled the story of Scheherazade from my reading of Sir Richard Francis Burton's The Book of a Thousand Nights in a Night. And it occurred to me that her approach to dealing with King Sharar was the same as the approach many CEOs use when dealing with those who hold power to either reward or dismiss them. To refresh your memory, the story goes that every day, Sharar, the king, would marry a new virgin, and every day he would send yesterday's wife to be beheaded. This was done in anger, having found out that his first wife was unfaithful to him. He had killed 1,000 such women by the time he was introduced to Scheherazade, the vizier's daughter. Against her father's wishes, Scheherazade volunteered to spend one night with the king. Once in the king's chambers, Shirazad asked if she might bid one last farewell to her beloved sister, Denizadi, who had secretly been prepared to ask Shirazad to tell a story during the long night. The king lay awake and listened with awe as Shirazad told her first story. The night passed by and Shirazad stopped in the middle of the story. The king asked her to finish, but Shirazad said there was not time as dawn was breaking. As a result, the king spared her life for one day to finish the story the next night. The next night, Scheherazade finished the story and then began a second, even more exciting tale, which she again stopped halfway through at dawn. The king again spared her life for one day to finish the second story. And so, the king kept Scheherazade alive one night at a time for a thousand nights as he eagerly anticipated her finishing the previous night's story. Does this sound familiar to anyone? The CEO gets hired by investors to run an organization they purchased with the intention of selling it at a substantial profit in the not-too-distant future. To turn that profit, the investors establish certain metrics to serve as targets the CEO must meet in order for the company's apparent worth to increase to the necessary levels. Sometimes those targets violated the laws of physics, but sometimes they don't. At predetermined intervals, usually each month or each quarter, the CEO must report progress against those targets. If the targets are met or exceeded, the CEO remains employed. If they are not, the CEO's continued employment is in jeopardy. Too many intervals with targets that are not met, and our CEO is let go and a new one hired. The CEO likes his or her prestigious high-paying job, and so does everything possible to make sure those periodic targets are met. Even when meeting them jeopardizes the company's ability to meet its targets in the future. After all, if you don't hit this period's numbers, you might not be around to worry about the next period's numbers. The CEO's primary objective is his or her survival, not the long-term health or prosperity of the organization. A longtime CFO friend of mine recently told me of a conversation he had with the CEO of a mid-sized to large, over 1,000 employees with a dozen facilities, auto supplier. 
It was owned by a private equity firm. My CFO friend was very familiar with both the CEO's company and his CFO. The company's accounting organization focused entirely on financial reporting. There was no effort to develop sound economic information on what management could base its decisions. And even the financial systems were archaic and inconsistent from location to location. Since both the CEO and CFO arrived at the company, there had been little or no effort to upgrade the accounting system or develop accurate and relevant information on which the company's managers could base their decisions. When my CFO friend asked, why do you put up with a CFO that presides over such an inept accounting function and provides you and your managers with little or no information of value? The CEO replied, oh, he does provide me with value. Every quarter, he puts together a six-inch thick book that I take to my meeting with the private equity firm's board that enables me to either answer or dance around their questions and helps me keep my job for another quarter. I don't know about you, but I find such an attitude depressing. Unfortunately, I've also found it quite widespread among C-level executives who don't plan on being around for more than three or five years and who care little about the long-term prospects of their employees or the communities in which their facilities are located. It's all about telling a tale that will induce the king to, into keeping them alive for one more day, the Scheherazade syndrome. During my 37 years as a consultant, I can think of half a dozen CEOs, not necessarily my clients, but who managed to play Scheherazade at two to four different companies, never leaving the company in better shape than when they began, and sometimes leaving it as it went bankrupt, but then finding another king to hire them and listen to their stories for another three or four years before sending them to the execution. How sad. That's my point of view. What's yours? Let us know by posting your comments in the website, Pace's website forum. You can also follow Pace on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to our Pace Moments podcast. To learn more about profitability analytics, check out the Pace website, join one of Pace's interest groups, and follow Pace on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you.